Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Recruiting Blitz. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst here at Inside Nebraska, and I am joined once again, he's back, uh, by digital content extraordinaire Jansen Coburn. Jansen, how are you on this fine Sunday? I'm good, Greg. I am indeed back. What's going on? Oh, you know, fall camp is in is in full swing. You know, it's always funny. We joke kind of, I feel like every one of us joke together or separately. Um, this week is kind of like our acclimation period um, when it comes to kind of getting back into the swing of everything, right? It's like we had an open practice. We had several post-practice availabilities, got coach rule a couple of times. Like there was a lot of news um, that happened. Now on the recruiting front of things, it's in a dead period. The dead period hit, but there was a lot that happened and Nebraska jammed in there right before um, that de dead period came to be. And we, of course, we've got some news we'll get to uh, about some official visits being set up as well. So let's jump right in, man. What do you got? Yeah, I guess the first thing I wanted to talk about with you is kind of, I guess, a breaking news topic, not so much at this point. It's been talked about, but uh, I think it poses an interesting conversation with Nebraska. Obviously, Oregon and Washington just joined the Big Ten on mm -hmm. Friday. Uh, little conference Pangea. So uh, just right off the bat, what were your first thoughts when that news broke that they were going to join the Big Ten? Um, it felt like it was a long time coming in a weird way, um, but it happened quickly in another way, right? Like it, it felt like, and I think the reason it felt that way that it, it was a long time coming because once USC and UCLA kind of broke away from the conference and joined the Big Ten, you're like, okay, all bets are kind it's of never going to be the same. Yeah, it'll never be the same in the Pac-12. Then you combine that with that whole thing with them and their TV deal and the commissioner like not being able to present anything and kept saying like it's coming soon. And like, I don't think anybody really believed that um, to then end up getting like a streaming only Apple deal, which like, I mean, I have Apple TV. I like it a lot. It's great. Everybody loves Ted Lasso. But I don't know that people are really in mass ready to watch college football on Apple TV. And I think that that what happened after that news was kind of reflective of that when Oregon and Washington broke away and then, you know, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah go to the Big 12. Um, so it was like I said, it was a long time coming. But then also the roller coaster of the whole thing, right, where, you know, we the day before. At the beginning of the day, it felt like a done deal. We wake up the next day and it's, oh, it fell apart overnight. And then it had to have been not even an hour later that it felt like the news was starting to break that they were going to join, right? And so it was just a wild ride. It happened quickly at the same time. Um, but I was excited. My first thoughts were really that I think it's going to be really cool. I, it's funny, I told, you know, Steve and Zach, the first time that those guys get to go cover a football game out at like Washington, it's awesome. Like those those venues are really, really cool. And I think all of them fit kind of like, you know, all you think of Big Ten Stadium as venues is having a lot of tradition and being really cool to go to those four schools that are coming if you expand it to what happened with ucla and usc they all fit within that realm as well so i think it's good from a football perspective there's a ton to get to when it comes to everything else though yeah and it's funny i can remember when nebraska joined the big 10 people talking about how it didn't exactly make geographical sense and then right now the big 10's really expanded coast to coast but i share that excitement with you just about all the matchups you're going to get to mm -hmm. see and it's just elevates really every team in the conference having those two programs and then we didn't get to talk about obviously usc and ucla joining because that happened last summer mm -hmm. but when you when you now consider that Southern California and the Pacific Northwest are Big Ten territory, there's some good uh, prospects that come out of those regions. So 
what are the recruiting implications for Nebraska going forward? I know we kind of asked Matt Rule about it on Friday, and as you and I talked off pod, he kind of danced around it. But can you <laughs> yeah. see those regions of the country going forward? I'm I'm sure it's not going to happen overnight, but can you see that being a region that Nebraska looks to to try to recruit, uh, just try to stretch their reach nationwide? Yeah, I definitely think that it's possible for it to happen. I, I don't know, but I honestly realistically don't think that it's going to be the top priority right away. And I know people get excited about, oh, you know, now Nebraska can reach out to the West Coast, um, Pacific Northwest to be able to get players. The problem becomes is, is you think about Nebraska wanting to be great at home in Nebraska and in that 500 mile radius. So in the Midwest, right, they want to really be known. They want to become known for getting those type of players, you know, when it be guys like grant bricks and that like guys like that they need to be considering nebraska heavily going forward he is but you know what i mean right the top players in the midwest i think matt rule is going to be after him. texas is going to always be a huge yep. component of what these guys are doing and it's going to take a lot of resources right it's going to take a lot of time and i always say this like there's only so much time for these coaches to spend building these bonds and relationships to really make these pipeline states so i don't know how california and then the pacific northwest then fit into that but i do think that they're going to make an attempt and then kind of see how it goes right i think it'll be kind of the not the primary place they go but like a secondary or even the third place and then if they catch fire okay yeah we'll continue to build it but i I don't know if they'll just dump resources blindly into it, but I'll be curious too. If I think there's a lot of good football players in the Pacific Northwest that kind of get overlooked. I'll be curious if they don't try to focus more on those guys, because that fits um, this staff's MO of finding those under the radar guys. Yeah. And plus another thing you kind of touched on it is I, besides Tony White, I'm not sure how many coaches on the staff really have those West Coast connections yet. And it's a big thing about what their background is and who the high school coaches oh, yeah. are that they know. So um, we'll see. Uh, it doesn't hurt for them to try, I'm sure. Oh, no. But uh, moving right along, uh, some other breaking news. And this impacts Nebraska in a way. Stone Saunders, quarterback in the class of 2025, he committed to Kentucky and for a long time, and we've talked about him several times on the pod, he seemed like he was a priority for Nebraska in the 2025 class. So now scratching him off the board, uh, the attention kind of shifts to another guy we also talked about, Alex Mansky out in Algona, Iowa. So first off, uh, reaction to Stone committing to Kentucky and then follow up, uh, does that kind of clear the picture for Alex as Nebraska's number one for next cycle? Yeah, I didn't. It was, you know, it felt like Stone and Kentucky were kind of a, a marriage that really fit um, going forward. Like, and it felt like that for a while. It always felt like when, when, he was really being heavily pursued by Nebraska a few months back. Like, I felt like I was always going on the board and saying, Kentucky is the team to watch. Kentucky is the team to watch. Like, they're the team that he, he uh, the other team that he really likes. And he really liked that Nebraska staff. But I really think that this is not necessarily a case of Nebraska missing out on Stone Saunders as opposed to them, like, pivoting. Like, and you have to, if you think about it, especially if you're a subscriber um, at Inside Nebraska and you're on that Insiders board, you've seen what kind of how I've discussed this situation. Um, when those two were on campus, both Stone Saunders and Alex Mansky, they came to a camp this summer at Nebraska and they threw um, in front of the coaching staff. Coincidentally, um, Danny Kalen also was throwing at that same day and he was there. Um, and ever since that day, 
it's been all about Alex Mansky. Alex Mansky has now been to, to Nebraska, I think, three times, I want to say, three to four times since Matt Rule has taken over the program, um, including being here for a couple of weekends ago, the big um, cookout deal that they had with all of the um, in-state recruits and then all a lot of their priority regional 2025 targets. Um, and so the attention really did seem to have shifted to him for a while now. So I do think it's safe to say that Alex Bansky is their number one quarterback on the board, but I don't think that it happened just now when Stone Saunders committed to Kentucky. I think this started back in June when he when the coaches saw him throw um, in person and got to work with him. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. All right. Um, next thing I wanted to talk to you about was a couple of the visitors, actually, that came to that barbecue. I'm losing track of time. I think it was last weekend. I, that, uh, it threw me off, too, when I was even thinking about it. I was like, wait, yeah. when was that? What is time anymore, man? It's become a whirlwind ever since we got kicked off with uh, fall mm -hmm. camp. Uh, one of the names that visited for the barbecue, and this was a return visit for him, was Jay Sean Ross, and his name started to trend ever since he visited. In fact, I saw that Parker Thune over at the Oklahoma Rivals flipped his future cast from OU to Nebraska. So uh, what's just sort of the latest intel you've got on his visit and how things went? Yeah, so it's interesting. I talked to Parker about that. Um, I think the thing... The thing that's happening here is really interesting. So a couple of things. One, Nebraska has his teammate, Keelan Smith, um, from Liberty North, committed, um, obviously, as kind of an offensive weapon. We'll see kind of where he ends up. It, it's funny. Like, he he's going to be a really interesting prospect. I think he's going to be a guy that people really like. But we're not talking about him. We're talking about Jay Sean. So Jay Sean um, and him are both teammates. So you've got that aspect. They had already taken a visit together um, here to Nebraska, um, a, I think, in June um, during the during midweek, like, unofficial. So he's been familiar with with the program. So like you said, a return visit um, coming back. And I think he was there actually for practice, that first practice on Monday. Um, and so that to me is really important because you get to see again how the staff operates in a different setting. So he came during the off season when you know you just kind of hang out and be around. Then you come back and see the coaches and how they coach and how they actually operate out there on the field. I think that's a really good sign. Um, I don't know that he that him and Oklahoma seem to kind of be on the outs for whatever reason right now. Whether it's because he's starting to like Nebraska more or or Oklahoma has some other options, um, namely five star um, defensive. Van Williams and Wari, um, also from Missouri. Like, we'll see about that part of it. But I think the latest intel is that him in Nebraska, Jay Sean Ross in Nebraska, are really trending in the right direction right now. I think that that's a, it's a logical landing spot for him, and it would be a huge deal for Nebraska to get that type of defensive end slash outside linebacker prospect out of the Kansas City area. A four-star kid um, that we have rated really highly. I like him a lot as a player, and I do, I do. I'm very close to going ahead and joining Parker on that on that future cast. Yeah, and I'll add, I would just be really impressed if Nebraska is able to land him just because of how well Oklahoma recruits Kansas City. It seems like. Mm -hmm. They've done a good job locking down the region for a long time. All right, another guy that was there that Husker fans are a lot more familiar with for good reason, Grant Bricks. You uh, you talked about uh, on the Insiders board that he was out at the barbecue. So first off, what's the significance of him being on a return and kind of just back in front of the Nebraska coaches and recruits? 
Yeah, I think it's a huge deal to get him back on campus. Now we know, and this has been such, this has become like the big, like hugely followed recruitment right now. You always, it all kind of goes in ways. Once Carter Nelson committed, you knew someone else would, would take that um, mantle. And it's definitely been Grant Brick. So after Grant took his official visits in June to Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Kansas State, he wanted to make a decision in June right after that. Couldn't quite come to a decision. He was still very torn. So he says, hey, when the dead period opens up here, um, I'm going to go ahead and go back out for unofficials to all three of those schools. He did that. Nebraska got the last one, um, which is important. I do think it's best to be top of mind in these situations when a kid is so torn. But it was really important for Nebraska to get him on campus and get back around the commits um, and all of the other recruits and the coaching staff again. And I actually asked him the one comment I got or one return text I got from Grant uh, about this whole thing. I just said, hey, Hey, how does how's it going with the how'd it go with the Nebraska visit? And he said, quote, I love getting to meet all of the commits that I had not met on previous visits. I also enjoy spending more time with the coaching staff. So that's good. That's exactly what you want to hear. It's not a huge thing. That's about as many words as you're going to get out of Grant Bricks. And I do not say that to say that like he's not a bad kid or anything like that. He's a very nice kid. And he just likes to play his recruitment close to the best. We have that happen sometimes in some of these situations. Um, I think Nebraska is in a very good spot. I've described it on the board as Nebraska staff, I think, is quietly confident about their chances of landing Bricks. It would be an enormous deal, like as, as much as as big a deal as some of these other recruitments have been in this cycle and there have been some really good wins for Nebraska in this cycle he would be the biggest one and he's the most important he would be the most important one because of the position he plays he's a true tackle um, and every team in the country wants that type of a player yeah Grant Bricks is a man of many words as we've come to learn <laughs> yeah um, I, I know this this last kind of follow-up question on Grant Bricks is difficult to answer for all the reasons you laid out just about him keeping things close to the vest, but where do you see things standing in his recruitment as far as the decision timeline? Do you think that um, this will just pop up at random or can he take some more unofficial visits in the fall and watch the teams that he's considering play? What's your best educated guess as of today as to how this is going to shake out? Man, I would, I don't think this is going to go past this month. I think that sometime in August, Grant Bricks makes an announcement. He, because, you know, sometimes when you, when you drag these things out into the season, things can get really wild, right? And it's, and it's been a process where, he also is a kid that doesn't, I don't think he loves like the whole recruitment process and being blown up by coaches and reporters and all that stuff, right? He's not going to so have a I, sweet recruiting graphic when he comes. No, I could, yeah, he's going to have one from the team. Like it's whatever yeah. team he decides to pick that, he'll tweet that out and it'll be basically it. Like I could totally see him doing that just on a random Tuesday afternoon. No um, mini movie though. No, no, I don't know if we're getting a mini movie. Um, the people, the kids do need to bring that back, man. What happened to that? We used to get yeah. that all the time and now it's just straight graphics but the, the little movies were awesome um i think keelan did keelan smith do one i feel like he was yeah the he only did one in the class that's <laughs> like, yeah it was pretty it was very very good um and so the kid that did that is going places so like that is so i think that you know he's not going to come get out of this month and let this go into the season um i could see him making a decision this month um and we'll see how to see how it goes there all right good stuff uh last one staying on topic of offensive tackles which as you've mentioned previously it is true they are hard to come by in the class yeah. of 2020 2024 Four. yeah i was about to say 23 because obviously it's the year we are currently in so brandon baker he has locked in an official visit to nebraska for september 15th uh 
I don't think I need to explain why that's big for Nebraska, but I'd like you to speak a little bit on that. Yeah, I mean, we it, I've said this a couple of times, and, and when we were talking about kind of the recruiting objectives going into this month, and one of the things about Nebraska being where they are in terms of um, how many kids they have in the class, there's 24 kids in the class, is they don't have to spend a lot of time chasing kids. They can focus in on a select few, whether that's guys that are already committed or some big fish. Brandon Baker, one of the biggest fish of all out there um, in the country, one of the top ranked uncommitted kids in the entire country. Um, and he's a kid that is, he's just got future NFL left tackle or right tackle written all over him, right? And so anytime you're in the mix with one of those players, that is a great thing. I, You, you guys that watch this have been hammering me about my stance about Brandon Baker and the prospects of him coming to Nebraska. I have been consistent, but I have also said that if he locked in an official visit, I would give more of a puncher's chance to Nebraska in the situation. So if he's locked in that official visit um, for that Northern Illinois game, that comes to fruition. I think Nebraska's got a puncher's chance in the recruitment because the there's a couple of wild cards there. One, he really liked that um, unofficial visit that he took, what, back in March? It feels like that was so long ago. But back mm -hmm. in March, um, he really was impressed with what he saw in Lincoln and was surprised by what he found here, right? Then if you get him in a situation in which the team has started the season well, right? Mm -hmm. And you then end up where that's the home opener, right? So then you end up in a situation where the fans are going nuts, like all of that, like you would think that they'll win that game. I don't want to take Stars any for granted at this point. Yes, the things start to really light you. And then you know, you can see it coming already. Danny Kalen will be there. Carter Nelson will come back. Like whoever else, like all the other big kids in the class in the region will be there. Um, you can press. really, yeah, you can do the full court press in that situation. So that's where things get really interesting if they can get him on campus for that and can do their part on the field leading up to that as well. Like things could get really interesting um, right there uh, because he's exactly like if, if you could. If, if you could find him laughing, because if you could find a way to land both him and Grant Bricks in this class to go along with the other offensive linemen that they have, that's a really special group that you would look back on and be like, oh, yeah, that's the group that could really help turn Husker football around. Like, it would be that big of a deal. Man, Greg, you're really getting Husker fans' hopes up. <laughs> I, I, I'll just say if, <laughs> if they can do it. Remember that, the yeah. key if. It's, it's, it's in caps, bold, and underlined, if. <laughs> I'll just say I'm impressed with how long Nebraska has been able to stay involved in the recruitment. I really thought when he and all those guys came out for the junior day with Dylan, that mm -hmm. once once it became clear Dylan wasn't coming to Nebraska, that most of those guys would start to trickle off. And surely a lot of them have. But yeah. I wouldn't have guessed Brandon Baker would then follow it up by visiting for the spring game on his own and then, mm -hmm. you know, scheduling an official visit. So it is fascinating, as you mentioned, to just imagine what it would be like if he and Grant Brooks joined the class, but I don't want to get people's hopes up either. You got to uh, get them first. <laughs> yeah. you gotta get them. Greg, that's all I got for you today. Any, anything else you want to share? No, it's, it's going to be another good week. It'll be another busy one with the the second full week of fall camp. So we'll have plenty of coverage of that uh, here on this YouTube channel and on Inside Nebraska. Uh, make sure you like this video so you can, and uh, subscribe to the channel so you can get these videos directly into your feed. Also, go ahead and tell a friend about the videos uh, while you're doing that yeah. as well. <laughs> we will catch you guys next time.